Hi, and welcome to this follow-up demo concerning the Zoom PodTrack P4 multi-track recorder. And in this demo, like I said in my previous one, where I just got too excited and wanted to show you the fact that I actually got one and how useful it was, I thought in this demo I'm going to go through a lot more detail about the Zoom PodTrack P4 itself. So i talk about the features, the physical layout, the cabling, some tips, and all that sort of general cool stuff. So let me first of all say to you about the Zoom PodTrack P4 is that it's basically for everybody from beginner to expert. It's really not a complicated product at all. You just plug in an XLR mic or mics and headphones and off you go. And remember, it's literally a three-in-one device. So it's a multi-track recorder, mixer, and a two-channel audio interface to a PC, whether that's Windows or Mac. And the primary main features that stand out for me about the ZoomPod Track P4 is the fact that you can use your favorite mics. And what that means is that you can use either dynamic mics or condenser mics. And they tend to recommend because one of the reasons why that I use dynamic mics is because they're a lot more robust than condenser. And I personally feel myself that I've got more control over a dynamic mic anyway. Um, lots of people may differ, but I just use a dynamic mic. So the PodTrack P4 will support, either, as I said, either a dynamic or a condenser mic. So the multi-track recording function of the Zoom PodTrack P4, it will record all four channels at the same time. But the really cool thing is then it will also split off each of those four channels, etc., into its own recording. So if I was to record purely off the four mic inputs, because the PodTrack P4 does support four mics, I would literally have mic one, mic two, mic three, and mic four tracks. As a, and something I suppose, in, in conjunction with the main multi-track, which would contain all those four tracks together. And the really cool thing about that, particularly if you're interviewing people, is that in post-production, you can tidy little things up a little bit if you need to. So that's actually a really nice function. And I'll get on in a while to talk about the fact that Channel 3 and 4 are a little bit special, which means you actually end up with two mics and 3 and 4 doing something slightly different, uh, which I'll give you a tip now is to do with the iPhone and the PC. iPhone for Channel 3 and the PC for Channel 4. The levels of each of the mics can be altered simply with a knob, which is really, really cool. And particularly if you're interviewing people, they can alter their mic gain by, by personally listening to <coughs> excuse me by personally listening to it with their own headset because you've also got headphone one two three and four which corresponds to the mic one two three and four and by the way I'm actually doing this straight recording today just on the Zoom Pod Track before itself. I haven't gone anywhere near my PC yet. In this case, my Mac. The only time I go to the Mac is when I do a bit of post-production, which really is to do with the fact, just double-checking the volumes. 
and I'm not going to really going to edit this one today, even though I just coughed previously before. Um, hopefully, won't do it again. But I'm simply going to ch ch double check the volumes with Amadeus Pro on my Mac and then post it. But the fact that you can use this as its own standalone recorder, you know, is just pretty amazing sort of stuff. Power-wise, for charging the unit, there's another way. So when you get the unit in the box, you get the Zoom Pod Track P4 and two AA batteries. That's all you get in the box. So you simply open up the battery drawer on the back of the unit, whack in the two A batteries. Now that will get you going for about four hours of battery life. So if you don't have any other way of powering it, then I guess, yes, you can use the batteries, but absolutely do not rely on them because... Uh, as a vision impaired person, me being blind, you can't really tell when the battery's about to die anyway. So what you can also do is there are two ports on the left-hand side of the Zoom Portrait P4. The front USB-C port on the left-hand side is power and data. So if you've got it plugged into a PC, either Windows or Mac computer, that port when it's plugged in will give power and data so when i mean data i mean that's where i would use it as a audio console input device two-way to the the pc and then the usb-c port behind that one is power only so what i tend to do if i don't need the zoom podtrack p4 linked up to my mac i tend to just charge straight off that second one from the front edge onto a power bank and I just happen to have one of those excellent <clears throat> Ingrid power banks that I bought from the AT guys and that's what I use to power the Zoom PodTrack P4 when I'm out and about or you can also plug in a USB-C cable to a USB-C port wherever it's in one of those charging adapters like you'd have with your iPhone or you can also plug it into a standard USB outlet um, that I have at home here. My whole house basically has USB ports uh, right around the whole house. And as I said earlier, you can do something special with channel 3 and channel 4. And I'll just mention this briefly now and then we'll go into more details. But for channel 3 and channel 4, there's a little slide switch right in front of the knob that controls channel three and channel four and they have three positions so position on the far left is for a dynamic mic the middle position is for a condenser mic and the right hand position is to connect the zoom portrait p4 to an iphone and where your iphone connects is that if you feel on the right hand side of the portrait p4 and if going from the front, going towards the back, you'll notice a tiny little a port adapter. And I think it's actually a 2.5mm port. And that's for a special Bluetooth adapter. But the port after that is your standard 3.5mm headphone jack. And if you plug in a TRRS cable, which basically stands for tip ring ring sleeve, then... The other end of that cable then plugs into a lightning adapter, 3.5mm, in this case on my iPhone, so that any sound or recording or anything else that's happening on your iPhone will be picked up by the Zoom PodTrack P4. So you can make FaceTime phone calls, you can do Zoom phone calls, Skype phone calls, quote, normal phone calls, 
anything you like. So that's with channel three. And then channel four, so all the three positions, far left is dynamic mic, middle one is condenser mic, and the far right-hand one is your PC position. And that PP position, PPP, that PC position corresponds to that first USB-C port that I said was on the left-hand side of the unit. So if I've got my Mac plugged into that port and then into my Mac, whatever's happening on my Mac will come through to the Zoom Track P4, right? So that works out really, really well. And then as we've spoken about the switches just in front of the actual knobs uh, for channel three and channel four, let me just say that the switches for channel one and channel two, you just have two switch positions. Left-hand position is your dynamic mic, right-hand position is your condenser mic. You also have house. I have instant play of jingles. So on the PodTrack P4, you have this two by two button grid. And of course, everything I'm talking about so far to do with the knobs for your gain for your mics, the switches for your switch position for your, you know, your mics and your phone and your PC for channel three and four. All these are very tactile knobs and button and switches. So the buttons that are for the sound pad are very easy to identify in this two by two grid. And they've got pre-set sounds that I'll play in a little while when I go for more into the sound pad itself. But keep in mind that as a blind person, I can't change this if outside of the assistance to go through the menu on the screen of the Zoom PodTrack P4. So I just use the default sounds, which are pretty cool anyway. So I'm not too hung up on that particular one. The P4 records at 41, sorry, 44.4 kilohertz, 16 bit, and it's in WAV file. And, you know, the overall neat thing about this PodTrack P4 is that everything is literally controlled, as I said, by knobs, sliders and buttons. You really couldn't get more accessible than that. And then uh, on the device as well, you've also got these four buttons and these are literally just below the D-pad and, and slightly over to the right. And again, I'm going to go through a physical description in a minute. But you've got four buttons in a row. You've got menu which is not accessible and I'll get onto why you can just get somebody decided to set it for you or Ira will be my eyes and then forget about it. Then you've got a play button to play back your recording that you just play, uh, just recorded, a stop button for stop recording and the record button itself. So again, very easy to use and good mechanical type feedback when you press the, the button. Now, when you first get the Zoom PodTrack P4 out of the box and you're whacking your batteries and you get all excited. Uh, the first couple, first things you've really got to do is stick in an SD card uh, because you'll need that to record on. And then when you turn it on via, there's a, an on button right in the middle of the right-hand side of the PodTrack P4 and it's a little recess button. So you hold that in and then it takes you about five seconds to boot up and it'll present the menu to set the time and date, which you will need sighted assistance for. And the reason why you want to set time and date is because when you record the multi-track files and the associated folder slash files that go with that recording, they're all appropriately date stamped. 
So that's the first thing you need to do when you, when you set the unit up. The second thing you need to do is make sure that you've got this option in the settings called mix minus. And what that does, particularly when you're talking to somebody, or what it is when you're talking to somebody remotely, they won't get an echo back coming back to them from the PodTrack P4. So that's also very important. And then the other thing you'll do in the menu is format the SD card from the PodTrack P4 itself. They do specify that in the manual. So they're literally the three things that you will need to do when you set it up. So SD card, the menus particularly for seeing the time and date, and the mix minus. They're the main three things that you will need to do. And then after that, you can basically ignore the first button on those four gripper buttons, the menu button, and just don't even bother touching it after that. Everything else is completely accessible because again, you're just using knobs, switches, and buttons. That's all there is to it. The other thing that I should just also clarify too is that I haven't really mentioned, I have, well, I have, have mentioned it. When you use the Zoom Track Pod, Pod Track P4 as an audio interface, so again, this is using that first. USB-C port on the front left-hand side of the unit linked up to your Mac in my case. So when I go into Armadas Pro, for example, when I set my input and output devices, I can set it to the input for, you know, the, the PodTrack P4 and the output to the same thing as well. So the, both of them work extremely well. And I can also do the same thing for the system default sound if I want to do that as well. Um, but I'm going to talk about a bit of some few tips that I found out with the Mac um, a bit later on when I get to talking about that sort of stuff. Now, remember I said that um, the P4, you can do a multi-track recording and you do get this master file, but then you get all these, excuse me, I'm going to clear my throat again, <clears throat> but then you get all these sub files which are spit out. So remember when I said if I had four mics plugged in, I would get, the multi-track recording of all four mic inputs, but then I would get mic one, mic two, mic three, and mic four as separate tracks in this folder. But if I all then have the P4 plugged into my iPhone on channel three and the PC, my Mac on channel four, that changes the name of those subtracks. So I get mic one, mic two, phone, and USB, I can't remember if it's USB-C or USB, sorry, USB or USB-C, it's one of the two anyway. So I get those four, four different types of tracks and what I also get, if I've used the sound pad at all, I of course I also get a separate track for that sound pad as well. So as you can tell, you're really getting total control over all the multi-tracks that make up the whole recording as that one track gives you as a one track multi-track file pretty pretty amazing and because you can you know get out the actual track you want so when i do a podcast say for overseas and they just want my uh, microphone input uh, i've got my p4 set up so that my second microphone mic 2 is me and then I can, you know, rename that file and send them off to them. So the person doesn't get all the other chit chat that was going on in the podcast. They just get my mic input. So rather than having to worry about the Mac and what it's recording, I just press record on the good old, 
you know, PodTrack P4, press recording. When it's finished, I press stop on the on the PodTrack P4 itself, take out the SD card, whack it in the Mac, open that volume up, go to the right uh, date stamped folder, go into there, go into the subfolder again of the date stamped multi-track files. And then, you know, in my case, choose mic 2. And then if I want to do it, like I said, rename it and send it off. Really, really, really straightforward. You really couldn't get any more straightforward than that. Um, and I'll get onto this a bit later on, but I'll go through exactly what I've got both in my desktop PodTrack P4 kit here on my desk. And I've also got a portable PodTrack P4 kit as well. So I've literally got two PodTrack P4s because I couldn't help myself. But at the very least... Remember that this device only comes with the PodTrack P4 and two AA batteries. So you would need at least one XLR mic for yourself. Um, and of course, you'll need an SD card and you'll need at least one headset so you can monitor what the mic sounds like, whether you have to adjust your gain or not. And I normally recommend that you actually have a stand that you want to put the mic on. Um, some way of charging the unit, <clears throat> whether it's through a power bank or a USB-C adapter. Again, the batteries are sort of going to give you about four hours. And if you want to, you know, run the the unit off a, off a PC, Mac or Windows, then you'll need a, an appropriate USB-C cable to a USB cable to connect it. If you want to record off an iPhone, you'll need that TRRS cable that I mentioned before and the Lightning to 3.5mm adapter and one thing i strongly suggest and this is what i've got in my portable uh, unit my portable case is a hard shell case for the podtrack b4 because it's got all these lovely buttons sticking out of it um, and it is made of plastic you don't want to run the risk of damaging it so i'd say put it you know buy yourself a protective case and whack it in because then you're insured not to damage it but look, in reality, I would say that if you're getting really into podcasts and you want to be doing interviewing, because you can use at least mic one and mic two, or also sorry, channel one and channel two as mic inputs, at least get two mics. So then you'd have two XLR mics, two stands, and two sets of headphones, and that way you're home and host. And then, of course, then you can use channel four, three for your iPhone and channel four for your PC, all well and really good. All right, so let me move on to more of a physical description because I want to let you know really in detail where the gain knobs are, the switches are to control that dynamic condenser stuff. You can actually mute those channels. So I'm going to talk about where the mute buttons are, where the D-pad, the D-pad, where the sound pad is, where the menu play, stop and record buttons are. One thing I haven't mentioned about the sound pad, you've also got a separate volume for that sound pad, so I'll talk about where that is. And then, of course, the knobs to lower or increase the volume of your headphones as well and all the other ports. All right, so let me start with a physical description of what the PodTrack P4 looks like. So if you can imagine your iPhone in portrait mode... And if you can imagine your phone being about six inches long and about three inches wide, that's the size of the PodTrack P4. And then really coolness to me, and I don't even that's a word actually, um, what's really cool is where you plug in the four XLR 
microphones into the four XLR ports at the back, because three inches across isn't enough room to plug in four XLR cables, it actually flares out from the unit on the left and the right hand sides. And then that, so that allows the back of the unit to then accommodate that particular fact that you're plugging in four ports at the back. So that's really, really cool. So at the back of the unit, you've got four XLR female ports. And then of course they correspond at the front of the unit to four, you guessed it, 3.5 mil headphone jacks. And then on the right side of the unit, coming from the front towards the back, as I said, I'm pretty sure this is a 2.5 mil adapter port uh, for a Bluetooth adapter, which you can buy from Zoom or anywhere else that sells the Zoom Podtrek P4 to plug in this Bluetooth transmitter receiver uh, that you can receive uh, signal from your iPhone. So rather than plugging it in via the TRS cable, you can use the Bluetooth adapter, but I really don't recommend it. And then we've got the 3.5mm port, like I said, for you, for you to plug in via a TRS cable. And remember, you're going to buy that. That does not come up supplied with the unit. And then in the middle of that side that's recessed a little bit so you don't bump it on, is the on-off button. Now, when you're wearing headphones, of course, you can really tell when the unit turns on because it goes a slight little click sound. And like I said, it normally takes about four or five seconds to boot up. And if you've got the the, the mics live and unmuted or whatever else it might be, uh, then you'll start hearing some sort of noise straight away. And that's what I tend to do anyway, so I know it's on in particular. Or I just press one of the sound pads to see if I can get some noise out of the thing and see what's happening. All right, so that's the right-hand side. Left-hand side, going from the front left-hand edge towards the back, we have the power slash data USB-C port. Then we have the power only USB-C port. <clears throat> Excuse my voice cracking up again. But then we have the SD card door, um, which I really don't like. It's one of those horrible little doors where you sort of got to stick your fingernail into the top notch and then pull it out and down to get the door open, which I find is quite irritating. And once that door's open, because it's sort of hinged out on a bit of rubber, I think, um, you can pop in the SD card in and out. So it's basically spring-loaded. You push it in, you'll feel it connect. You push it in again to pop it out. And the Podtrack P4 supports a SD card from 4 gigs up to 512 gigabytes. Remembering that this records in WAV file format, so they're not tiny little files like the MP3 file. And the rest of that side on the left-hand side is completely smooth. There's nothing else on that left-hand side. All right, let's come to the business area of the PodTrack P4, which is the top panel, which all has the cool knobs, switches, and I keep forgetting the word buttons. I don't know why I keep getting that, but I just keep so excited about knobs and switches that I forget the word button. But anyway, so let's go at from the, the back to the front of the unit. So on the top face, just, I guess, right at the back of the unit where it just starts to flare out to support those four ports at the back, you have four knobs all in a row. And these are quite... I'd say medium-sized knobs. They're not over huge and they're not over small. They're a good size. Um, it's like, you know, the three little pigs. Um, it's just right. But anyway, actually, what was, was that the free little... No, it was the free little bears. What am I talking about? Anyway, so we've got mic one, mic two, mic three, and mic four. And you can turn them left and right, so clockwise or anti-clockwise. And they've got a full range with a stopper. So I can turn it 
clockwise to turn it right up and it'll stop and I can turn it anti-clockwise and it will turn it down. Now I'll get on some tips in a while at the end of this podcast to let you know how you would judge yourself without being able to look at the screen. And then in front of each of those knobs for channel one, two, three, and four, uh, you then got those switches I was talking about. So the left-hand position of the switch, remember, is dynamic and condenser on the right-hand side for channel one and channel two. And then channel three and channel four, the third position on the right is for channel three, your iPhone, and channel four for your PC. And again, these switches are a nice chunky sized switch with good mechanical feedback they're, again they're just the, the, the right size for a switch which sounds a bit weird when you say it that way alright so we've got one row of channel 1 to channel 4 knobs we've got the second row down which is our switches from channel 1 to channel 4 and then in front of those switches we have four buttons and these are little rectangular buttons that are raised up a little bit from the face of the surface so they're not sort of big humongous type buttons they're quite small buttons but they're actually very easy to find because they're also well spaced apart and the buttons are the mute buttons for each of those channels so going from left to right of course you'd have mute on off so you press it into mute press it again to unmute for channel one two three and four and then so that sort of area so the the knobs for the channels the switches for the channels and the mute buttons for the channels they're sort of all grouped in this sort of area at probably the top third of the podtrack b4 then there's a sort of a, a bit of a not a generous space but a nice a nice space between that and then the screen that's on the right hand side it takes up most of the right-hand side and a little bit going towards the bottom. That's just LCD screen. But to the left of that screen, you've got these four well-laid-out buttons in a 2x2 two two grid. And yes, I'm talking about the sound, the sound pad. So you've got two rows of two. And again, they're the same tactile button layout as the mute buttons. They're, again, very easy to feel against the tactile service of the Paltrack B4 itself. And then below, so this is on so that that uh, sound pad for two by two buttons are on the left hand side of that screen on the right hand side. Directly below the sound pad, you have the volume control for the sound pad itself. So that's so you can lower and, and increase the sound of the sound pad, and of course, you can turn it up clockwise or turn it down anti-clockwise. All right, so you can have it loud and as soft as you like it. And then if I come below the volume control, and this is then, sorry, I've just missed something. Let me just go back a little bit. If we not go below, if we go to the right of the volume control for the sound pad, we have the four buttons that I was talking about. We have the menu button, the play button, the stop button, and the record button. So menu, once the unit's set up, just ignore it. Um, just a tip, if you've got somebody setting this up for you, the play and the pause button act as your arrow keys on the menu and the record button acts as your select key on the, the menus. But like I said, once you've got it set up, don't worry about the menu. So we've got menu, play, stop and record. And again, these buttons are exactly the same size as the mute and the sound pad buttons. They're just a little bit closer together, but again, extremely easy to locate and use. And again, good mechanical feedback. And then 
right in front on the top face, right above where I've got my headphones plugged in. Yes, indeed, you have the four knobs to decrease or increase the volume of headphone one, equaling channel one, headphone two, equaling channel two, headphone three, equaling channel three, and headphone four, equaling channel four. So all really nice and consistent. But can you really tell that this thing is very straightforward and really easy to memorize because simply you've got four knobs for your mics, four switches for your four channels, four mute buttons for your four channels, and then you've got the, the sound pad on the left-hand side of the screen. You've got, sorry, on, did I just say that properly? Let me just say that again anyway. I'm not going to bother re-recording this one um, or editing it for that matter. I just thought I'm going to give you a raw version of this podcast this time. So on the left-hand side, you've got the sound pad, the two-by-two buttons, and the right-hand side, you've got the, the screen. And then you've got the on the left-hand side, the volume control for the sound pad, four buttons, menu, play, stop, record, and then the four knobs for your four channels corresponding to your headphones. Again, really, really, really easy. So, you know, the whole, and the whole system, I should say, um, I've heard some people say, you know, it's it's made of plastic. That's right, but it's not, it actually honestly does not feel like cheap plastic. It's really, really well designed, and it actually feels quite solid in your hand. Now, the other thing I should actually let you know about the fact that if you turn it over, uh, so I've got it facing me with the, if you like, the the XLR ports at the back and the headphone jacks at the front. So if I turn it over in the same plane, the actual battery compartment is at the back face of the actual unit on the bottom. And it's got one of those little, you know, those little pull-out switches to open up the door. That's where you pop in the batteries. And then on the back, you'll find there's two rubber feet. And at the front of the unit... Remember, it's upside down. There's a long rubber strip. Now, of course, that's when you pop it on the desk. It stops the unit from sliding around on the desk. And I, but I must say, once you've plugged in, you know, even two XLR cables, you've plugged in maybe a charging cable to the second USB-C port. Uh, you've plugged in a, a, a cable going from your first USB-C port to your computer, whether it's a Mac or Windows machine. Uh, you've plugged in your headphones to it. You've plugged in, say, a, a TRS cable to record your iPhone. There's actually a fair bit of weight in some ways pushing down on the actual unit on the table, and it really doesn't slide around at all. I've got this on my desk here, and if I just sort of try and wiggle it a little bit, it, it honestly doesn't even move. That's how really stable it is. All right, so let me go through um, some more tips to do with the unit. So let me come back and talk about those knob positions. Now, remember when I said that it stops at the bottom and the top of the rotation. Well, that's all well and good, but you might want to be able to preset your positions or know where you're currently set to in your volume measurements for the knobs, for you know the mic inputs, the headphone jacks, and the, the, the volume for the sound pad. So what I've done with mine is, in Australia, we've got this little thing called lock dots, L-O-C, new word dots, and the, the, the proper name and the full name from is locator dots. And what they're usually used for is to put clear dots on your F and J, four and seven, etc., on your computer keyboard. Uh, and you get six in a packet. So I bought a few packets for the, the PodTrack P4. So what I did was I then got the maximum range of the actual 
um, each of the knobs and I stuck it in the position that I knew or that I wanted to have everything at preset value. So at the moment, let me just turn mic one up because I'm not using it and I've got it muted. So mic one in its maximum position, I've got the dot literally setting at, of course, 12 o'clock. All right, so if I rotate it to the left anti-clockwise and I sit it at the nine position, so the lock dot on top of the knob is pointing to the left at nine o'clock position, I know that that's the exact spot. I can turn, keep turning it down so that the, the tactile dot is now at six and I can keep turning it around so that now the tactile dot's at three. If I keep turning it, it stops at about one on the clock face. So for example, my uh, mic two is currently sitting with the lock dot position at nine o'clock. That's where I've got the actual gain for mic two because that's where I'm using it uh, in that position. So that's how I've labelled the knobs for the mic gain and it's also exactly the same way that I've marked the 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 knob for the sound pad control and exactly the same way that I've marked with the lock docks for the headphones one two three and four as well all right so they're they're the knobs and then as far as the the buttons which are still pretty tactile for menu play stop and record um, just to make sure that I don't try and fiddle too much when I'm recording, it's no, 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 Woodbridge, do not press this button again. I've just put a lock dot on the record button just to remind me that once I've pressed it, hands away from that button, stay away from it. When you finish recording, then you can press the button to the left, which is the stop button, and then you can press the play button to listen back to yourself. But while you're recording, leave it alone with the lock dot on it. So that's what I, I thought I'd actually do with that particular item there. So you don't need to, but uh, if you want to, you can do that. All right, so that's just marking it up a little bit. You certainly don't have to, but I just think at least for the full range of your game, if you like, um, you might want to just put some markers on that if you want to. Um, at least that's what I, I tend to recommend, and I found it a really, really good idea anyway. All right, so let me now also talk about the fact that we haven't yet played with some functions on this thing at all at the moment. So remember I said we had the sound pad to the left of that little LCD screen. So I'm going to press the first button in that grid so i'm going to press literally on let's say row one column one so i'm going to do that now okay now that's a bit loud so i'm going to go to my volume control which is right below the sound pad and i'm going to turn it down to about seven on the dial because that's where i've got my lock dot and i'm going to press row one column one square button again ah oh, much better Okay, now I'm going to press row one, column two. So that's a quick one. Now I'm going down to the second row of this two by two grid and I'm going to press the left hand one. And that's a really quick one. Let's actually applause. But the way this one particularly works is that you can hold it down and it'll keep playing it. So if I hold the row two, column one button down now and keep holding it down. Okay, so it's fairly quick. So when you're doing applause, you might want to turn it up. So I'm going to turn it up to 10 and let me press the sound pad. So row two, column one again. Oh, well done, well done, well done. Encore, encore. Again, I've just released the button. So I'm then going to put that back down to seven o'clock on the dial. There we go. 
All right, so, and let's press the final one, which is, so this would be row two, column two. <laughs> That's the joke one, isn't it? The tsh sound. That actually works out quite nicely, that one. So that's your D-pad. So remember when you're doing the multi-track recording and you do use the sound pad, you will get a separate file for the sound pad as well. And the other thing I want to mention, which some people forget about when you're doing multi-track recording, remember that all the files, you know, the, the separate files for each track that makes up the multi-track recording, they will all be the same length. But of course, there will only be sound at certain parts of that recording. Because I've had some people say to me, oh, look, I, I, I tried to listen to the sound pad file, but there was nothing into it. There was nothing in it. And it's like, well, that's because when you're recording, um, you didn't actually use the sound pad until about 10 minutes into the recording. So it's just something that, you know, if you're not used to, to be aware of, is that the sounds are at the appropriate time so that they synchronize up with each other, of course, when the unit puts all those tracks together as a one single multi-track recording file. So that's just to remind you about the when you do use the sound pad, you'll get those separate files. Um, the other thing that I also wanted to point out, and I got I got like trapped by this um, today actually when I was doing a recording, because I need to make sure that voiceover in particular doesn't come out of my Mac. Um, I've actually got my Mac set up though, so that I've got one of these little single earbuds coming out of the 3.5 mil headphone jack of my MacBook Pro, and that's going into my ear. Now the mistake I made today was that because I've got, you know, mic two in front of me, and so that was on my right-hand side next to my mouth, and then I had my earphone in my right ear, the microphone picked up what voiceover was saying from my little earphone in my ear. So from now on, I've learnt that I've now got to have that earphone in my left ear and at least turn the sound volume down on my headset because that's what was being picked up by the microphone. So when I set the person off the file today, there was a beautiful, you know, uh, mic two recording, absolutely beautiful. The problem was it was also picking up a little bit of chit chat and voiceover. So that's one thing just to be uh, a little bit careful about when you do it. Um, and no, I couldn't have actually muted the, the channel for where that was talking from the Mac. Uh, because I wasn't using that, I was using a separate headset so that everything was separate, separated properly. Now you're also probably thinking, well, why the hell is Woodbridge using Mic 2? Now, this was purely done on not a Mic 1, Mic 2 in order, but where I'm currently sitting here in the room. So I'm currently sitting at my desk, but to the right of me, um, I've got a bookshelf. So I thought, well, since the PodTrack P4 is on the right-hand side of the actual MacBook, because to the left-hand side, I've got this nice, big, huge, clean area on my desk where I leave that for doing all my video podcasts. So I can put the product on there. I've got my stand set up. I've got the task lighting set up, so it actually eliminates the product. And I thought, well, I don't want the, you know, the Zoom Track podcast, podcast, pod track before in the frame of my videoing. So that's why it's to the right of my M1 MacBook Pro. So I thought, well, since it's to the left, I'm going to call that mic. That's going to be mic two for the mic. And then on the left-hand side, right across the other side of the desk past the video area, that's where I've got mic one set up. Now, of course, then what happens is that with mic one, I've also got the headset for mic one there, plus a stand. 
so that's over on the other side of the table and then of course when I'm sitting here in front of the MacBook Pro with the Zoom PodTrack P4 to the right of me I've got another stand but it's one of those um, standalone desktop stands uh, because I, I find if I try and do this to the desk it's not going to reverberate through the actual mic because the actual stand's nowhere near the desk so that's why I've got a, a deliberately a proper stand coming off the floor for the mic that I'm using and then the one on the other side of the room the other side of the room the other one on the other side of the desk is a fair way away but what I can also do with that one I've got a, a little filing cabinet that's quite low so when I have a guest in here I can get them to sort of sit next to the filing cabinet and they can just use the stand on the mic and their headset so they can monitor their mic and what they're sounding like you know nice and, and straightforward so that's that um the next thing I want to talk about is the, the, the microphone. So they'd say again in the manual, if you've got a dynamic mic, then leave it on the dynamic mic switch. Do not try and run a dynamic mic off the condenser <laughs> setting uh, because there is a chance you may do some damage. Um, so it's just a warning that they made in the manual, which you know I find quite a sensible idea. And... You know, overall, the whole process for me has been flawless. So at the moment, um, there's been nothing that I found that I cannot do with this particular mixer, multi-track recorder, and you know, two-way audio interface to my Mac. It works extremely well. So let me just finally talk about. Let me just come back to those. You know, the mic, mic two, sorry, mic one, mic two iPhone and PC channels at the top because remember I don't have four mics plugged in because even if I had a third and fourth mic plugged in because I've set that switch in front of those knobs to right position iPhone channel 3 right position PC channel 4 that overwrites the XLR ports at the back so I can only use two mics so if I currently unmute channel 1 do that now. I'm just going to press the unmute button, and if I turn it up and turn channel two off, which is the one I'm talking to, and I've just turned up the gain for mic one, so that's probably sitting. How far is that away? Oh, let's do old measurements because you're probably listening to this in the US. That's probably a good four feet away from where I'm sitting. All right, so I'm going to unmute, or so I'm going to mute that mic one again. And now I've just unmuted my mic two again. So that works quite nicely. Now, you know, if I had a person that felt a bit nervous about using the, the gain and whatever else on the, the Zoom Track pod, excuse me, on the Zoom pod track P4, I could do this all, all by myself anyway, so it's no big deal. So let's go to channel three, which is currently connected to my iPhone. So if I unmute channel three. Whoops, I just pressed a button, didn't I? <laughs> oh dear. I don't know how I actually managed to do that. I wasn't even touching soundpad. Let me just do that again. There you go, now I've done it deliberately. All right, let's go to the right spot this time. So if I go to the mute button for channel three and I mute it and I touch my iPhone screen, uh, it's obviously gone into lock mode. Let me just move my glass of water. Press the power button on the right-hand side. 18, 100 charge, unlocked. FaceTime, calendar, 
photos. And there's good old voiceover coming up on my iPhone. And what I've done to make life a bit easier for myself, I've actually got my iPhone sitting on that Belkin charging stand. So it's because I've got an iPhone 12 Pro, it's magnetically charging off the stand and the stand's got the iPhone position so that I can look straight at my iPhone and of course unlock it straight away for Face ID and it's also charging the iPhone and then also on the stand on the sort of the right hand arm I've got a little charging pod uh, for my Apple Watch and then of course on the stand itself in front of the actual stem that holds those the iPhone on the left and the Apple Watch on the right I've got a little indented area where I can keep my AirPods Pro charged as well. So that's quite handy. So it just makes it a little bit easier. So if I was to do this to Siri on my iPhone, play some chill out music. Which app do you want to listen to this on? Spotify. Chill Hits now playing on Spotify. Yeah, so that's channel three playing. And then if of course I want to fiddle, can turn the gain up on channel three. Turn it down. Bye. Okay, that's at about number seven. I'll turn it back up to nine o'clock. And that's a nice volume. And of course, I can also mute it. And then I can keep talking as usual, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I think, oh, I think I'll just go back and keep listening to some nice music off my iPhone, unmute the channel. And there it is. Absolutely beautiful. All right, but so actually, I might leave that playing in the back. I might leave that playing. So I'm just going to mute the channel. So that was channel three, and channel four, which is my Mac. Uh, and again, remember, uh, the iPhone's connected to that TRRS port on the right-hand side, second port in, and my Mac is connected to the first USB-C port on the left-hand side. So if I unmute channel four, that should be playing the music healing application on my Mac, which I have again playing in the background on my Mac when I'm doing some documentation, just to relax. So let's unmute channel four. And there it is. Okay, now if I start using my Mac, I actually can't hear voiceover, because again, I've got voiceover coming through the 3.5 mil headphone jack. And again, what I did for that one, uh, let me just turn it down, we can keep talking. So I'm gonna turn the game down. There we go. So I can keep talking over that now. It's quite a nice volume. That's it again at number seven on the clock face, of course, with my tactile dot. Um, so what was I saying? Okay, what was I saying? Oh, yes, voiceover. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. To change voiceover to the 3.5mm external jack on the Mac, you can go into voiceover utility, which is VR or control option F8. You go to sound, and then you go to the button that allows you to change the output. So I went from system uh, to external, and then of course if I could then use voiceover. So voiceover again is going nowhere near my Mac. And again, my sound recording for this whole program today is just purely being recorded on the Zoom PodTrack B4. The only reason I've got it set up here is because I'm just have the music playing in the background for the Mac. And if I need to do a Zoom Skype Microsoft Teams, FaceTime, etc., etc., call on my Mac, then it's already ready to go off channel four. I can, I don't need to pause or do anything, and that's why, in particular, I have two setups: one from my desktop here at home, so I don't have to keep uncabling stuff, 
and then so my actual portable PodTrack P4 kit it's basically the same as this one but I've got more mics headphones and stands so I've actually got uh, four microphones four stands and four headsets so they're just that's just in case I need to do you know a four person interview so three people and me and then I've got all the necessary cables now there's one cable that I didn't talk about which I'm currently holding in my hand and I left this till last because I just didn't want to overwhelm you with too many cable chit chat but what this is this is a USB-C to USB cable so that's a standard cable but what the USB cable is then plugged into is a lightning to camera adapter and what this allows me to do is to plug in my iPhone via that left port on the first port on the left hand side that I said was for power and data now of course I'd have to take my cable out from my Mac to do this so what I would do is I take this USB-C cable plug it into the front left hand port then plug the other end of that USB-C cable into this lightning to camera adapter. And then that, of course, uses a little lightning port at the back on the front of it to then plug into my iPhone. And that is literally uh, made directly accessing the iPhone. So, of course, that would be accessed off channel 4. Um, and, and, and indeed, I, I couldn't use channel 3. But what that would allow me to do is to have my iPhone still connected via channel 4 but then turn channel 3 into an extra microphone channel so then I could effectively use uh, channel 1 2 and 3 as microphones so two people plus me but also use FaceTime Skype Zoom Microsoft Teams off my iPhone via that front left hand port via this lightning to camera adapter cable plugged into that USB-C USB cable very very cool so you can make this as, as flexible and as amazingly basic or amazingly cool as you really like so you know the fact that I've spent the last 10 years using my good old you know Behringer mixer from 2011 I almost feel like I've hit the you know the science fiction space age time. I know there's a lot more complicated mixes and a lot more feature-based ones out there, but they also cost a significant amount of money. Now, um, I currently bought my two on special, which of course was was really good at the time I bought them. Uh, but these cost me three hundred thirty-one dollars for the actual Zoom PodTrack P4. So two of those six hundred and sixty-two dollars and then plus the mics the cables and everything else now one thing i didn't mention about the mics that was probably pretty obvious but you probably need to do it if you're not uh, if you're a beginner user make sure you get a puff filter for your microphones because i've got my mic about two inches away from my mouth but you're not getting any puff coming out of my mouth hitting the actual microphone and that's because i've got this sort of you know foam cutout going over the front of the mic and that's why there's actually no, you know, no noise be going out. Let me try and blow hard. <laughs> that type of sound in a mic. All right, let me mute channel four for my Mac. Let me see if channel three is still going for my iPhone. You know, mute, unmute channel three. This film before. Ah, oh, there we go. So it's still going. Okay, unmute channel three. So unmute channel three. 
let me just have a final play with the sound pad. So, top left. And of course, if you want to play, you can do this. I can just keep pressing it sort of randomly. So, have a listen to this. Or you can do Tim, Robert, Allison, Jacob. Louisa! Ah, <laughs> oh dear, you can have all sorts of fun. All right, so top right-hand one. And of course, if you're doing a bit of a podcast with chapters, that could be, or even that could be a little segue, couldn't it? You know? News. Sport. Weather. Dog's body. No, not really. All right, so the bottom left-hand one is... So that was a quick applause one. Remember I said the applause one, you hold it in. And if you wanted to add more effect, turn it up. So what I was actually just doing then, I was holding the the sound button on the, the left-hand side one on the bottom part of the 2x2 two two grid, and I was actually turning the volume up with my thumb. That was really cool. And the that Tish one, and of course with that one you can do... Keep pressing it so you don't get the tish and then release. <laughs> um, and it was really funny. I was on a meeting the other day and somebody was just stating things with the absolute friggin' obvious, schools of language a little bit. So what I what I said to her, I said, if you keep making absolute absurd common sense statements, I'm going to start ewing through the whole uh, meeting. And so I started doing that, and it was quite fun. She got sort of like, you know, humorously annoyed at me. And then every time, because we had to sort of practice some presentations on the meeting, they kept saying, now, what do you think about that presentation? So what I would do would go, I really think that deserves a... So very well done. So, you know, you can have lots and lots of fun. So what I'm going to do now to finish off this recording... After I press the pause button, of course, or the, sorry, not the pause button, the stop button, I will then turn the unit off. I will then take out the SD card and then plug that into my Mac. And of course, being an M1 MacBook Pro, there's no SD card. So I do have a USB-C, one of those multi-banky things plugged into it with an SD card in it. So I'll plug it into there, go to my desktop, access the, the Zoom p4 volume go to the the only the single file track for the monitor track recording from today's time excuse me and date i'll then convert that wave file into mp3 for the podcast and of course because i use podbean for the ic fresh technologies from a blind person's perspective podcast i'll upload that mp3 file give it a title do a bit of a blurb and then post it but literally, because I've done fairly well in not stammering too much and coughing and carrying on and swearing and God knows what else I might do on some podcast, depending on what I'm doing sometimes, I can literally just take this file and just go for it. So, you know, you, you really, if you're confident, you really don't have to do much post-production. If you want to, then yes. Uh, when I take it over to my Mac, I could load the WAV file into Armadeus Pro and then, you know, I could maybe check some volumes I could take out, for example, the coughing today if I really wanted to. 
and also all sorts of other post-production things. And then I could then, you know, of course, save the file as an MP3 file rather than just using a utility to convert to MP3, and off I would go again. So there you go. I've got no idea how far much I've talked to you today. Um, I'll find out when I post it. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I really enjoy this Zoom, Zoom PodTrack P4. It's, I don't know, I just think the fact that I've upgraded to a new, you know, multi-track recorder thingy jig, it's just been really amazing. So look, if you're after a mixer and you're on the market for one and you want something that's very, very straightforward, easy to use and a joy to use, then absolutely go for the P4. But anyway, I will stop talking and playing and let you get on with your day, morning, evening or whatever. And as I say in all my podcasts, again, thank you for listening. And absolutely, bye for now. I'm stopped talking. Talk to you later. Bye.